What's going on? It's that time again. It's Keyshawn. Welcome to my show, Undisputed Presents All Facts, No Breaks podcast. Joining me today from the Super Bowl city in Las Vegas is cornerback of the San Francisco 49ers, Diamador Lenore. What's up, Demo? What's good? How you doing? Oh, man, I'm I'm good. I'm, I'm good. You know, I got Knucklehead working with me now, Keyshawn, so he's in the house with me and we getting ready to try to grill you a little bit and have some fun with you, obviously. We've been knowing you for a long time, watch you through Pop Warner all the way through college and now into the pros. So we actually want to talk about the Super Bowl. Take it away, Keyshawn. How you guys doing? Uh, so, yeah, before we start the show, though, I have to throw it to back to one of our more pettier moments from you, Diamador, when we faced off in high school. You know, Calabas first Legion. Take a look. <laughs> So I never got to ask you this, bro, but why didn't you guys shake our hands? Like, what was your thought process behind that? Man, so before the game, you know, it was all, it was it was already stirring up the whole week. Yeah, I remember so that. We already um and then Darnay, you know, he he, he was running through our stretch lines. You know, catching punts. You know, they was <laughs> he was basically clowning us. You know, so I was like, at the coin toss, you know, we gonna we gonna get our get back. You know, that that's that's what was playing into that part. And then you see the video, <laughs> but yeah. it was all it was still it was all love. Oh yeah, so, for sure, all love. It was it was a great great game. Um, you know, it was it was definitely an experience, like you said, going. Uh, the man, whole who, who, who won the game, man? Y'all sound like a bunch of cornballs up here. <laughs> you already talking. know who won the game, man. We not gonna talk about that, but you know, he <laughs> in the Super Bowl now. He's big time, so you know, at the end yeah. of the day, we both won. But you know, um, starting the show off with the insane ticket prices for the first ever Super Bowl hosted in the Sin City. Your teammate Christian McCaffrey's mom recently said on her podcast that the family cannot afford a suite, which listed at $2.5 million. So, Diamador, yeah. have you spent Damn. a lot of bread to get your family out to Vegas for the big game? Man, them tickets, I felt like we should have had like at least another little discount for us. Yeah, I spent, I spent like 60000 just on tickets. Jeez. Wait, hold on, man. The, the suites are two point five million for a basic ass suite. For a suite, I don't know if it's the basic one or what it is, but I know the suites two point five million. This, yeah, it's record high. Yeah, yeah, but but I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm gonna have to pay for that though. If I'm if I'm the McCaffrey family, yeah, I'm gonna turn. Come on, man, stop it, man. All that they can't afford it, man. Turn that in. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity and chance. You got to turn it in. I mean, I had. My Super Bowl, I got over 100 tickets, but, you know, it, it, it uh, being in California, just like you close to, to California, being in Vegas, Demo, you're going to have tickets. You're going to get people coming out to Woodworth still. I mean, think about it. I'm sure you're getting a bunch of calls still. Oh, man, what's up with the tickets? What's up with the tickets? I, oh, but, yeah. but if you got it, Chris McCaffrey got it if he want to spend it. His family got it. Now, they need yeah. to stop that bullshit about they ain't got it. <laughs> How yeah, many? Nah, nah, for sure, he sure got it. The uh, how many tickets it. does sixty thousand buy you? Uh, fifteen. Fifteen tickets. <laughs> That's but, wild, man. Luckily, we got it at a little. We got it at a little pro rate because it it really would have been more. It probably would have been like one hundred and thirty thousand. I mean, you can flip that though. Make them stay home. Flip that. 
You already yeah. thought about it, huh? <laughs> east, east side baby that thought about flipping tickets and tell them to stay home. If I could, I would do. If I could, I would. Because I, I feel like I feel like you get the best, you get the best, you know, Super Bowl feeling when you watching it at home, you know, in your backyard or something. Yeah, but it's a once it's a once in a lifetime opportunity for your family, man, to, to be able to see you in the Super Bowl because Quite frankly, you may never in your career get back to the Super Bowl again. That's why you gotta, it's a precious moment. You got to enjoy it. You got to take control of it. You gotta, you gotta live it. You gotta do everything that there is to try to win it. Cause again, you may never get back there again. You may never get to another NFC championship game in oh, your no, whole career. No, no, but 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 see, that's the thing. <laughs> is everybody think it's that easy? You know, the great Dan Marino went in his second year, never seen it again. Never seen the Super Bowl again. Played like 20 years. Never went back. Don't even, doesn't even understand what it's like. That's all I'm trying to say. No, nah, definitely thinking back on everything we did and all the work we put in, it's definitely hard to get here. So, like, this moment is, like, it's, it's special. So, Jerry Rice once said his pregame routine before Super Bowls was not eating or sleeping. And Mahomes apparently has a Super Bowl week routine carved out as well. So, Diamador, what's been different about this week in preparing for the Super Bowl? Uh, really just, really just, you know, the emotions. I, I would say the emotions, just, just knowing it's a big game. You've been watching this since you was a kid. So, just being able to live this moment is, like, the biggest thing for me, like, that's the most difference with my preparation, I would say. Just just really living this moment. Yeah, that's really what all it is. It's about living in the living in the moment. You know, it's the, the prep is the prep, right? You 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 yeah. focus in a little bit more, but at the same time, it's the same thing you're gonna do. You're gonna watch film on certain days and times of the day. You're gonna go through seven on seven drills, you're gonna go through one-on-ones, you're gonna watch practice, you're gonna watch game film. It's pretty the same. Preparation, except it's a little more distractions to it, and you got to remove yourself from the distractions, you know, because otherwise, if you get caught up, a lot of dudes go to Super Bowl, man, and they get caught up in what's going on around them. They trying to get to it. You know, they want to see the night crawlers at night. They try to figure out how do I get how do I get to that casino to see them night crawlers. I just want to see them walk around, and they get distracted. Nah, definitely. I mean, it's it's easy. Being in Vegas, it's easy to be distracted. But me, I just stay stay in the hotel, watch film, try to try to get some plays. I'm trying to make some plays. You ain't gonna game. take. You're not gonna take a lap. You ain't gonna. You ain't gonna take a lap around. You ain't gonna. You ain't gonna just see the. You know, because I know y'all got a little bit of off time. Nah, yeah, we, yeah, most definitely. Uh, you know, I didn't been to Vegas a lot. You know, Vegas like right down the street from LA, so I didn't been here so many times. Yeah, but it's different it's though. Like it's Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like the game mean more, you know, for me, the game mean way more. I mean, you got to take a lap, though. You got to take a lap. You just got <laughs> to. Come on. I did the same thing in the Super Bowl. I took a lap through downtown San Diego, and that was pretty much it. I didn't do nothing else. I went to dinner with Jerry and them, and that was my lap. You went to dinner with Jerry Rice because we played the Raiders. We had dinner. I took a lap after that. Never came back out my hotel till after the Super Bowl. See, I can't even I can't even make it past nine o'clock. I'll be so tired. 
Like, I, I'm all about getting my sleep. I need that sleep. I got to be fresh, rejuvenated for the next morning. Okay. So do you think um, you'll have any other things to do the night before? Like, are you just going to get your sleep? You're just going to get your rest? Like, Jerry Rice doesn't get any sleep, Any doesn't eat anything. Like, you're you're just going to get your sleep. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, um, I don't eat before games either. Like, really? yeah, I'll probably eat like a little peanut butter jelly sandwich, but that's it. Like, I, ain't, I don't really eat before games. I'm probably wake up at like four in the morning watching film again. Like, that, I don't know. That's just my body just accustomed to that. Like, day before the game, I'm going to wake up at four in the morning every time on the dot and, and cut the iPad on. Is that is that the nerves or is that just being scared? Yeah. I'm just scared asking. Man, I'm just asking. Is that scared the nerves or is that scared? I don't know. You might be you might be scared of the opponent. You might be scared of messing up. You might be afraid you're gonna be the guy to make that. I don't know. Me personally, I was nervous and scared before games. I never slept at all. Never, never, ever, ever before a game on a Saturday night did I sleep. So, you know, yeah. I didn't want to be the dude to screw it up. No, nah, I don't I don't be thinking like that. I'll be thinking, I'll be thinking I'm gonna make the play. Like, yeah, I think that way too, but I also think no, nah, I ain't gonna be that guy. You ain't gonna you ain't gonna catch me on <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. videos I mean, yeah, that, and bloopers. That always come into play. That come into play all the time. Like I ain't it ain't gonna be me. Like <laughs> right. so reports are surfacing that your organization is not happy with their practice fields, with crew members saying the grass is too soft. There's also been talk about why the Chiefs are practicing indoors while you guys are outside. Diamador, can you weigh in on this? How do you think these things really matter and factor into your preparation? Like, I ain't gonna lie. Like, I ain't noticed the field. Like, I ain't noticed it was, like, messed up until, like, I seen it on Twitter. And I was like, it, it was kind of soft, but but I ain't really noticed it until, like, everybody started talking about it. But I think... Them you being able to use the Raiders facility, I, I think that's kind of crazy. Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess we bigger Raiders, we bigger rivals with the Raiders than the Chiefs, I guess. No, nah, but y'all not the y'all not the home team though, Demo. The Chiefs are the home team. Right? The Chiefs are the home team. So they get the yeah, they, they, they get the they get the host city's facilities. So, like for instance, if you was playing in LA and there's two stadiums, I mean two teams in LA that you get to play one gets the Rams, one gets the Chargers. But when you only got one team, that whole city in that conference gets that facility. But I think, but low, no, as y'all like to say nowadays, no cap, low, low key, no cap. I think y'all building an excuse if y'all drop this with all oh, the field. We didn't have preparation. That's what I think. That's what I think. Man, that's what I think. I'm just saying what I think. Man, we play Smash Mouth football. That's what we play. We play Smash Mouth football. It ain't gonna be no slipping and all that. We ain't we we coming ready. I'm just saying, if y'all lose, then I feel like it's gonna be a built-in excuse for some people talking about we didn't prepare the field throughout the week was messed up. That's what I think. I'm just, you know, what do I know? I'm the only way we lose this game is because of us. It ain't gonna it, it ain't gonna be it ain't gonna be what they did. You know, uh, man, we take it. We take it on with anybody. Okay, we ready? We ready for the game? I talk that shit, Talk talk that shit, So, moving on to our favorite segment, we like to call facts or fiction. 
Cam Newton recently had this to say about his podcast about your QB1. Take a look. I've never said that Brock Purdy was trash. What I did say is Brock Purdy is a game manager. That's not hate. That's just what I feel to be facts. But I still reserve the right to say this. To be labeled a game changer, Brock Purdy has to be the best player on the offensive side of the ball. Hmm. And that's not the case. And who's the best player? Christian McCaffrey. Hmm. Man, look, I ain't recanting shit. And if you really want to just be honest, if you add in the defensive talent and you add in the offensive talent, Brock Purdy is the 10th best player on this team. Okay, cool. Did he have a great game? Yes. Is he been playing out of his mind? Yes. Is he a quarterback that's hot? Yes. But he's still the 10th best player player on his team is cam spitting facts or fiction here because 10th best is kind of wild yeah that's fiction fiction you can't be the 10th best man look if you look at his stats and look what he done this season like how is he a game manager like the the tight window throws he throwing he throwing uh the receivers open he anticipating throws like I don't understand how you could say that's like game managing. Like, I don't know. I feel like what he's been doing this season, I mean, it works. He's winning. So, like, him being the game manager, I mean, Tom Brady was a game manager, I guess. Yeah. You know what, though? He, he's, look, man, he is winning. He's done a tremendous job at the quarterback position within the system in which y'all run, which is fine because everybody can't do that. But I, I I think what Cam is trying to say is he's talking about the 10th best player, but he, he's not talking about the statistical side of it. I think he's looking at it as saying if somebody was selecting players off y'all team, they would take Trent Williams first. They would take Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Ward, uh, Lufanga, uh, Warner. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what he's saying. You know, I think they would take Diamador Lenore. I think that's what he's trying to say, that they would wait and then take Brock Purdy. But even so, you can't argue against the man's success and what he's been able to do in two years of getting the 49ers to a Super Bowl and two NFC Championship games because it's going to come off as sounding, from Cam's perspective, as salty, very salty that Brock Purdy is in a position that Cam once was in and Brock Purdy is getting a different type of praise. So it's going to come off sounding salty, but I think that's what Cam trying to say. He just didn't word it the right way. Yeah, because that's I'm trying like... to save him. I'm trying to save <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, he he didn't say a lot of stuff, too. So it, it just sounds like you hating now. Like, yeah. Yeah. And well, then when... you single out Brock Purdy. Like, you you singling him out. So now it really looked like you hating. And you play quarterback already. So... I mean, it just looked like you, you know, you hating on them. Yeah. Well, with all that talent on the 49ers roster, who's the toughest to guard at practice? Um, I don't know. Brandon Ayoub. He more of like, I mean, all our receivers got it. Of course you, of course you would be scared of Brandon Ayoub. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Wasted my damn money coming to Arizona to watch y'all play them. 
Man. Yeah, we were supposed to go to the playoffs. Yeah, we're supposed to. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Do, 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 yeah. Speaking of that, though, does he ever bring that up? Like, like, like when he beats we, you, does he ever say anything about that? We talk about that all the time. I'm the one that bring it up, though. I'm the one that bring it up. It's just because it, I be having that, like, I walk in the locker Like, when I first got there, I seen him in the locker room. I was like, man, if I could just have that play over again, yeah. I probably, I probably would have went, you know, top top three rounds or something. No, you, land, you landed like in that, a good spot regardless. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel like that was the only play that really set me back. That one right there. Man, he ran a double move. I was at the game. I was in Arizona. I was there. I flew in. <laughs> he ran a double move on, what was it, third and 100? Are you guys talking about Arizona State? Arizona State-Oregon State, game. He ran a double move on the left side on Diamador ass so cold. I'm like, Diamador, first of all, why are you sitting at the sticks? Okay? No, actually, yeah, you sitting at the sticks on a double move on third and a million. It was like third and forever. Diamador yeah, gonna sit bad. on the sticks, dude. Double moved and ran right past him. I was like, Nah, but look, if you seen earlier in the game, he had ran that same. It was the same formation, three by one. I had broke it up. He had ran a curl. So then they knew I was. I mean, they didn't study. They studied us all week, and they seen us sitting at the sticks. Like that was like something we did at Oregon. Like when it's like third and long, we just sit at the sticks because. You know, we was expecting our rush to get there. We had uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, uh, Brandon Dorless. We had, a, you know, a lot of pass rushers around that time. So, you know, we sitting at the sticks expecting it to just be a, a lofty ball. And he doubled up and double moved me. And now I, I feel like uh, that play was the play that was the reason why I was just like, I'm a, I probably need to grow a little more at this corner position. Yeah, I was. I, I wasn't very happy as, as you remember, but <laughs> a different story. So, Diamador, you said that the tenth best is wild. It's obviously fiction. So, we need facts here. Who is the best player on your team? Period. Uh, I, you know, I'm gonna say myself. Yeah, but we need we need to give you someone like I don't know. <laughs> you think it's uh, CFC? It's it's like it's like one A one B, because you know we got Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner. I mean, I feel like it's I feel hard. like Fred is up. Fred is up there with that, you know, in that one conversation. You know, just be, just because like me playing like on the side of him and just seeing what like how he diagnosed plays and. Like, how he always there. Like, you can always count on Fred. That's what I feel like. I feel like he's, like, so valuable to our defense. Man, you naming it. You got a lot of names. You naming, man. Y'all better not come away dogs. with no zero. Y'all coming. Y'all, you, you naming all these all pros and future Hall of Famers. You got a lot of – y'all got a lot of players, Demo. You better not come away with that zero. Oh, nah, man. No, nah, I, I would say, though, I would probably say – I'd probably say the best player – on the team for me is either Fred or Trent. Either Trent Williams or Fred Warner right now is the best player. You know, yeah. CMC is exciting. It's cute. What he does, all his running style in between the tackle, the high <laughs> knees, the put switching the ball. All oh, that's cute. Catching the ball out of the backfield, off balance. 
That's cute. That's cute stuff. Debo Samuel, I'm going to run everybody over. But them two dudes are anchors, right. right? You got a left tackle who's an anchor. You got a middle linebacker who's calling the shots. So yeah. those are probably the two best to me. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. All right, moving on, Diamador. So Pro Football Focus names you the most improved player on your roster. And your defensive coordinator recently echoed these sentiments to the media. Take a listen. Just that, man. He's just a confident individual. And I think it just goes with preparation. I think he has put a lot of time and effort into uh, his craft this offseason. Uh, you can see his technique uh, has improved, which allows him to be able to go out and, and perform at a high level. Uh, we have a lot of confidence in him. That's the reason why you know, we can move him around and do the things that we do with him. So my question is, did you feel pressure heading into your contract year to improve your game and perfect your craft? Uh, really, I ain't even really think about it like that. I was just more of like, I felt like last year, like in the beginning of the season, I was like, like I was giving up a lot of passes that that I normally like to me. I felt like I was a lockdown corner, but I just I just didn't show it. I just didn't have the confidence in myself. So once the playoffs came and then I start start actually believing in myself and believing what I'm studying, uh, I just like there was no hesitation. So just me this year, um, I just want to pick up off of last year and just uh, just really be that player on the team, you know, that that they have to scout for and watch for. And, you know, we got to know where number two at. Like that's that was just my whole mindset going into this year. Yeah, see, I, I I don't think you was improved. I don't think you was the most impro- improved to do what? I mean, you balled out last year. I don't – that's just – I get the hype, the pro football focus, all that. But you actually arrived last year. I know they moving you around, putting you in the slot some this year, got you doing some other stuff. And then it's not, it's not his contract year, so to speak. He's He'll be eligible this offseason for an extension, but it's not his free agent year. But in the yeah. end – I've always, no matter, I respect the other corner in Ward. I respect it, but when I look at it, and I'm and I'm not being biased to the situation, I'm like, that's the that's the dog right there. He's the one. But you know how it go when high price free agents come over, they get the benefit of the doubt, and you'll have the benefit of the doubt when you sign your big new deal when that time comes up, and the next person will probably not get as much notoriety as you. But I understand pro football focus, but no, nah, you you arrived last year. You arrived, that's why you're still starting. Yeah. No, nah, that's that, that's facts right there. Ooh, uh, facts. <laughs> no breaks. Okay, so NFL Network recently said that the Chiefs have the best DB duo in the league. Take a listen. And I had a conversation with Spags after the game. He said, I don't think you can play in this league without great corners anymore. I just really don't think you can. And they have a duo in Trent McDuffie and LJ Sneed that are just maybe the best duo in football. But it's not just the two of them that stood out to you in that AFC title game. No, it was Jalen Watson. It was Joshua Williams. It was all of them, all four of them. Uh, Justin Reed at certain times. I mean, they used him to blitz quite a bit. But, you know, they, they basically were on an island against Odell Beckham and Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman and Nelson Aguilar. You guys are both in the Super Bowl. Do you feel any disrespect that the media is not speaking about you and your DBs that way? Oh, yeah, 100%. But, like, um, 
we've been we've been going through that this whole season. You know, any mm-hmm. play. I mean, we got we got the most interceptions this whole year with mm-hmm. twenty two interceptions. Like we lead the lead. Um, he got five. I got three right now. Um, I just I just feel like production is at the ball. Like, and when you making we making the plays that we make, like they're not easy plays. So I mean, like to to not even have us in the conversation is crazy. I think they looking at more. I think because of what Spags and Kansas City does from a defensive standpoint, a lot of man to man coverage. Y'all play less man, a little more zone action. So even though y'all do play some man to man at times, but they play more. So I think that's why it probably sways toward them. For whatever reason, y'all don't get the respect that y'all deserve in the back end because y'all back end to me is tight. I, especially if, if uh, Lufanga was there to safety, y'all would really be on top. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know how they go, man. We gotta. We just gotta show them on Sunday who the who the best duo. I mean, I'm taking us every time. Facts. The Amador, you went on IG Live with some thought about CJ Gardner Johnson's premature wave after the NFC Championship. Let's roll that back. Yeah, Trent. He was doing all that. He was doing all that talking about Debo. He was doing all that talking about Debo. Debo stepped on the shit out his ass. Had his ass eating shit. Like I ain't never seen that. Talking about bring it up. Bring it up. Oh, man. Weak ass, boy. I'm not talking. I'm the real deuce in this bitch. Everybody up. Everybody up. Got the best coach in football right there. Best coach in football right there. Best coach in football right there. You. I just gotta get some more. Oh. Yeah, so we were talking uh, about Ayuk early having your back. He literally photoshopped the number two off CJ Gardner's back. <laughs> and I know you're a shit talker from experience. Were you talking <laughs> trash during the NFC Championship? Did you shake CJ Gardner's hand after the game, before the game? <laughs> Let's talk about nah, it. No, I, I, I didn't. I mean, like every time like every time we was making a tackle on their sideline, he was running over there, coming – he was coming to us saying stuff. I'm like, you're not even playing good. Like, why? Like, sit down. Like, you know, like, he just do a lot of talking. Like, and I just, I don't like all that. Like, if you're going to talk, you got to be making some plays, you know, to, to be talking. Yeah, the wave, the wave was a little premature. You got, you, this year, man, you was a little feisty or whatnot at halftime. No, y'all down 24-7. That locker room had to, you could hear an ant crawl on the ground in that locker room. Don't tell me nothing different. Y'all was scared as a you-know-what in that locker nah, room. We you was, had to be. We wasn't, we wasn't scared. We was like. Man, come on, man. Y'all like, looked up not, Detroit. No, no. Detroit was pounding. No, I'm you being, stop, I'm being 100% honest. <laughs> I'm being 100% honest. Me, Fred, Gip. And I think Logan was right there. We was like, we can't lose to the Detroit Lions. These is the Detroit Lions. Like, no disrespect to them. They didn't play good this year. <laughs> they didn't came out and exceeded expectations. But, like, come on, man. Like, Detroit yeah, no, Lions. No, no, but Demo, like, we, come on, man. 24-7? If it would have been 28-7? <laughs> man, you know, y'all was, y'all was sitting in that motherfucker with y'all heads like this. Y'all sitting there trying to figure it out. We just, we were just like we got to start off fast the second half offense you got to go down and score like you seen how 
I think Debo is the first person he he caught a ball and started speeding up the tempo. After that, I knew like I was like, all right, it's time. Like we got to get a turnover. We got to we got to do something. You know, we got to change the momentum of the game because it it was looking like they was they was about to win. You know, like Kittle said, they had us in the first half. Man, they they the man, they, man, they screwed that up. You know, I picked the, I picked the Lions too though. I picked them. What? Yeah, I had to pick them, though, because I played with A.G., Aaron Glenn, the D.C., and I played with Dan Campbell, and A.G. was in my wedding, and it was just, that's my guy. So I had oh, to pick oh, him. Yeah. So Brand I was, at and halftime, I was partying, though. I was, ooh, I felt good. I felt good, man. Dan, I say Dan Campbell fucked it up. He the one who lost the game for the, the Lions. If he'd have just kicked some field goals, if he'd have went for it on fourth and two at the goal line before the half and made 28-7, it's a different, it's a different feeling 28-7 than it is 24-7. For that team, you know, it's just a different yeah, the momentum. So, yeah, twenty four seven is. Yeah, I still got hope. Yeah, you right. got hope like a motherfucker, but at twenty eight seven, it just your 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 Don't momentum is just taken away from you. At twenty eight seven, you start looking at each other in the locker room, looking at it different. What I will say though, I'm glad you in the Super Bowl. I'm glad you won, and I'm so glad you changed that number from last year from thirty eight to two this year because that shit that thirty eight. Oh man, I already know people was taking straws to get to you with that thirty eight on. Two look, two look <laughs> right. Thirty-eight for a corner. No, that's the. This is not Pop Warner football. <laughs> Tell him you made yeah, that thirty-eight that, hard, that, man. That you made that, that hard. It was. That's what I said. It wasn't that bad. Man, if I would have saw a thirty-eight ever lined up on me, I had Tyrone Poole wore thirty-eight for the Indianapolis Colts, and every chance I got, he got the business. But thirty-eight. Nah, 34, all them, nah, man. Uh-uh. You got to have a sweet number. That Them nah, 30s ain't first, no sweet numbers. I, I was, I, I ain't going to lie, I was sick when I first, uh, when I first got drafted and I got to the locker room and I seen, like, that was my jersey. <laughs> but first, we first got, when I first got there, we was sharing lockers. So I was like, I was like, damn, is it, it's probably, I ain't, I, I probably ain't going to make this team. I, I'm sharing lockers already. Like, yeah, that 38, that 38 and a share locker. Chances are you're gonna be calling talking about, man, they just let me go. That that just you don't want yeah. you don't want 38 in the beginning of your career, and you probably don't want 38 at the end of your career. Cause them numbers yeah, is I was like, nah. If you was a safety and wore 38, if you was a safety and wore 38, I'd be like, okay, cool. But a star corner like yourself wearing 38, I'm so glad you changed it too. Before I let you go though, how was it playing against Romeo, a, a, a kid that you played Pop Warner ball with and grew up in the same area? I mean, you know, you know, Romeo, he don't talk at all. So it was like when I was talking to him in the game, trying to get him out of his game, he wasn't saying nothing. I was like, I was like, he's still the same, though. But then after the game, he, he that's when he talked to me the most, though. It was cool, though. It was cool playing against him uh, just to see the growth of him and just see how uh, how good he got, you know, just being in the league and how uh, how much of a playmaker he is for their offense. Yeah. All right, man, that's a wrap for D'Amador Lenore. He's got to get ready to get himself back on the field, to get ready for the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Stay out of the casinos. Stay out of the adult entertainment clubs. Stay your ass in your room and study up. Good luck on Sunday, man. Appreciate it. All right. That was a wrap for today's show. I appreciate my guy, D'Amador Lenore, joining the show. Don't forget to subscribe and follow All Facts podcast on social media. Until then, it's Keyshawn. Peace, I'm out.